Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Well, the first day of, so the first Sunday of September marks Father's Day. Every year in uh, in Australia, the first Sunday in September, uh, we get together, we celebrate. We know that the the media pumps up Father's Day in the hope that people will spend lots of money in the in the shopping centres, and of course, this year will be different. But nonetheless, it is a celebration of Father's Day. I want to say right from the start, though that I understand some people experience great pain as a result of Father's Day. There are some people that have been hurt by their fathers and, and, you know, just the thought of their father continues or or, or exaggerates the pain that they've already experienced. There are some people that may not even know their fathers or because of the things their fathers have done, they don't want to know their fathers. And I acknowledge the pain also of some who may want to be fathers but are unable to be fathers for whatever reason. There are are those that are fathers biologically and there are others who are fathers because they've chosen to foster or to adopt. And, you know, the experience we all have with fathers is, is very, very different. But I do want to acknowledge the pain that some experience. But it's not a reason for us not to talk about fathers because ultimately... We have a heavenly father who is perfect. I want to say today, first of all, you know, I want to acknowledge my father and say happy Father's Day to you, but also my father-in-law to to John Hewitt. Happy Father's Day to you as well. We celebrate you both. We thank you that both Ruth and I have had the fortunate experience of having two great dads. They've done a lot for us, been very generous towards us. Uh, Can I say... Neither of you have been perfect and, uh, and I also as a father am not perfect either. But you know, it's not a prerequisite to be a perfect father. All we want is a father who loves us, a father who does his best and you two have both done your very best. You've never been perfect but you never will be just like I never will be either. But that doesn't decrease the contribution that you've made to our life. As a matter of fact, it, it, it only adds um, to our experience. But I want to talk to you today about fathers. You know, as a father, I've already said, you know, if my father was imperfect, I'm even more imperfect than he is. The older I get, the more I reflect, the more I consider the things that I've, that I've uh, not handled as well as I ought to have. Uh, just the other day, I found out, uh, and I'd obviously forgotten about it, but for Brittany's seventh birthday... I went out and I bought a carrot cake for her birthday party. And I thought it was a good idea and I just found out apparently that's not what you do. But I, 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 I just found out now and I thought, oh, well, so be it. It's a bit late to change that all now. But there are not only those things that I've made mistakes. Well, I've made mistakes in many different ways. There are times where I've been more angry than I should have been. There are times where I haven't disciplined as, as I ought to have been. There are times where I've been harder than I should have been and probably times where I've been softer than I should have been. As a dad, I'm imperfect. I know that. 
but it doesn't take away from the fact that I'm a father anyway. And, I, you know, I'm speaking to all you dads out there. I know as a dad, you, you look back and reflect and think, if only I'd handled that different. Um, it's true. You know, there are things that we could have done better than what we've done. But we're fathers anyway, and we celebrate you today. Um, I, I want to talk to you about a few things to do with Father's Day. The first is this. I think most dads aim to do their best. To do their best. I know my dad did and my father-in-law did as well. Love makes a significant difference. Where love is expressed, forgiveness can flow. In other words, um, even though we're not perfect, love covers a multitude of sins. Being a father is an ongoing learning experience and children seem to be a better judge than the parent themselves. I know um, we've still got Michaela at home and she seems to know how I ought to parent better than I am uh, I'm able to parent despite the fact that I've been doing it a lot longer than she's been alive. But nonetheless, that's just how it works. You know, hindsight is wonderful and we can all learn by looking back, but often it's too late. You know, hindsight means the thing has already happened and you can't change that. And I can't go back and swap the carrot cake for something else. It's, it's all done now. The older you get, the more you reflect and assess your actions. Love expressed doesn't right wrongs, but it goes a long way towards healing hurts. You know, we have a perfect father and a perfect model to follow in our perfect father. And I'm going to talk to you about his actions and the way he handled his role in just a few moments. But I do want to say this, you know, it's Mission Sunday. Mission Sunday and, uh, you know, today I'm talking to Resound Church and I'm talking to Waterfront Church all at once. It's Mission Sunday. Missions is a critical uh, component of the church. But if we can wipe away the church and the program for a moment, there are two great commands. There's the, the great command and that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. And then there's the great commandment. And that is to go into all the world and make disciples. And when we talk about mission, it's about expressing love and going out and telling others the good news. And so on Mission Sunday, we celebrate the fact that we have this responsibility. And we do it in a variety of different ways. And so uh, I know at Resound Church each year we have a missions conference and people um, make a, a commitment to missions and believe for God to provide for that over the next 12 months. At Waterfront, we're just beginning a whole new series called Occupy and we'll be doing it at Resound as well. And we're going to be talking about the responsibility we have to occupy the place where God has planted us. And to express ourselves and our faith, not only in our local community, but in our, in our national setting and in our international setting as well. And so we look forward to talking to you more about what it means to occupy, what it means to impact the world in which we live. But for now, what I want to do is I want to take, take you to the scriptures and I want to read to you from Matthew about some of the things that we've seen the father do and, um, and, and how he expressed himself. Um, the first is from Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. It says this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. As a father, what we find is God was both planning and anticipating. 
Now, these are key words, and uh, as I go through the message this morning, there's going to be a bunch of key words that you will pick up on. But we know right throughout the Old Testament, Christ's birth is foretold by prophets. Not only were um, the prophets looking forward to the birth of a son, but the prophets were also explaining how that process would happen. And so what happens is you've got our heavenly father planning the birth of a son and anticipating or looking forward to the birth of a son. And the prophets are giving information so that that Messiah that was going to come could be celebrated on the day that he was born. You think about it from a father son or a father-daughter perspective, you've got a father all excited about a son that is going to be born into the world. As mums and dads, it's always exciting when someone announces that they're pregnant. It's even more exciting on the day that the baby is born. There's anticipation that comes as a result of the pregnancy and there's planning that comes as a result of the pregnancy. You know, back in our day, um, Ruth and I, we got surprised whenever our children were born because we didn't know whether they were going to be male or female. As it turns out, you know, we got four for four. We got four girls in a row, even though God told me one was going to be a boy. I must have got that mucked up somewhere. Um, But nonetheless, there was the planning and the anticipation. A good father plans ahead and anticipates and, and, um, and noises abroad what's going to happen. It goes forward to Matthew chapter, or backwards actually, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 21 says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Second two words are these, care And provision. We know that our Heavenly Father, if you like, was giving uh, birth or anticipating, planning and anticipating the birth of His Son. We know that the Son born of the Holy Spirit um, was planted, if you like, in Mary. And Mary was engaged. She was probably a young girl at the time, maybe 16 or 17, different commentators give different ages. But she was engaged to this man, Joseph, and clearly because she was proper and he was proper, uh, there'd been no marital relations. She was still a virgin, but she falls pregnant as a result of a work of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph being a good man, isn't it interesting that God chose Joseph, a good man, Um, to, to be the earthly father. And then because of his concern for Mary and her reputation, he was going to quietly separate from her. But an angel is sent by God to speak to Joseph about what was happening to protect both Mary and to protect Joseph and to give them insight and understanding. You see, God chose Mary and he also chose Joseph because he wanted to provide for his son And he wanted to ensure that his son was well cared for. As dads, what we need to do is we need to provide care 
and provision. As parents, we need to provide care and provision. When, when, we, when we get the opportunity of parenting, care and provision are critical components. And God, as the heavenly father, ensured that that was the case with Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 to 12 says this. After this interview, the wise men went their way. The star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Another two words, celebration and protection. When God's son was born, he arranged for there to be extraordinary financial gifts given to the parents and to his son, and he aimed to protect that child. You see, the, the, the wise men that came had been to Herod. Herod had found out that the king of the Jews or the Messiah was to be born and he wanted those wise men to tell him, to tell Herod where Jesus was born. But God warned the wise men and so they took another route home so that Jesus was protected. And we know later that Jesus was then sent with Joseph and Mary to Egypt to ensure that he stayed safe. As a heavenly father, Jesus was celebrated and he was also protected. These are critical roles for a father to play. A little further on in Matthew chapter 3, 16 to 17, it says this. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Two words again, acknowledgement and encouragement. Can I just ask you, what had Jesus done at that point to give his father great joy? Nothing other than being born. At that point in time, Jesus had lived with uh, Joseph and Mary for, uh, for quite some time. But at the point of baptism, what happens is Jesus, before the signs and wonders and miracles, before the preaching, before any public accolades, God is celebrating his son and he's saying, my son gives me great joy. He is acknowledging him and he is encouraging him. And as parents, it's important that we don't look for our children to do the right thing before we encourage them, that we don't acknowledge them uh, just because they've done the right thing. We need to celebrate them before they do the right thing. It, it, it's, it's, like setting a, it's like setting a scene. And, and what God the Father is doing here is Jesus has come to his cousin, John the Baptist. He gets baptized and then all of a sudden God announces from heaven, this is his son and he's just so proud. And I, I can see many of you fathers doing the same thing. Your son is born or your daughter is born and you're just so very, very proud. I remember the day um, Amy Lee was born. She's our eldest daughter. It was in January because she was, that's when her birthday is. And it was a particularly warm January. And uh, she was born on the 11th of January. Hopefully I've got the date right. And um, I was just so proud of her. But it was a Sunday. Ruth was in the hospital. It was just a, a kilometre or so from the church. And we had a Sunday night meeting. 
But what happened was I went to the hospital to see Ruth and to see Amy Lee for a little while beforehand, and I had a white short sleeve shirt on. What happened is I was holding Amy Lee in my hands and I was just so proud of her and I was looking at her and she looked at me and she threw up all over me. Um, It didn't change how I felt about her, but I can still remember today the sense of pride I had just looking at her and, and, and gazing in her eyes. I was just so proud of her. And, you know, as parents, what we've got to do is maintain that sense of excitement and anticipation celebration and encourage our kids every step of the way. Matthew chapter 4, 1 to 4 says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Two more words, learning and trusting. Jesus learned from his father. He learned from the scriptures. And at a time when he was most vulnerable, his father let the son be tested. You you know, too often mums and dads save their children from the tests that make them great adults. They jump in too early. Uh, What we need to do is um, ensure that we teach them and train them when they're young. So as they get older, um, they rely on what they've learned, not on our intervention. And God here obviously knew what was going on. Jesus was weary. 40 days, 40 nights, he'd fasted and prayed. And the enemy is testing him. He's tempting him. And as a father's looking down on his son and seeing his son at probably the weakest he's ever been, and the, the enemy is testing him. He, he allows his son to go through this trial. He doesn't step in and stop it, but he trusts in the learning. He trusts in the experience and the training that Jesus had. And Jesus became a man in his own right as a result of standing up on his own two feet on, uh, based on the learning that he'd already received. So learning and trusting his fathers and mothers, what we've got to do is teach our kids but then get to the point where we trust them with what we've taught them and let them stand on their own two feet. And we need to do that earlier rather than later. I see some parents still mothering their kids when their kids should be standing on their own two feet. Matthew 27 and verse 45 says this, At noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema, Sabathani which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Matthew 27 verse 54 says this, the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. And they said, this man truly was the son of God. Another word, this time one instead of two, consistency. We see that God trusted Jesus when he went through the time of fasting in the desert and he let Jesus stand on his own two feet. Father, the heavenly father here sees his son on the cross. He knows that his son was going to die so that we could all be reconciled together with him. And at the time, at the point in his life where Jesus probably felt the the loneliness, loneliness, loneliest, Anyway, he's, he was all by himself. 
at the time when he was all by himself. And I'm sure his father, as Jesus said, he could have brought 10,000 angels and take him off the cross and defeated the enemies. God, nonetheless, God the Father, trusted the Son. He remained consistent and let the Son finish the work that he had to do. I'm sure it caused him pain. He was separated from his Son because his Son took on the sin of the world. I don't know how God would have felt. It would have been a combination of pride but also sadness. Proud that a son had endured the pain that he'd suffered to reconcile us together with him, but sadness at seeing his son go through extraordinary difficulty. And then finally, two words, completion and continuity. In John chapter 17, Jesus prays a final profound prayer. And I'm just going to pick a few things that he said in uh, uh, in that passage it says this after saying all these things Jesus looked up to heaven and he said father the hour has come glorify your son so he can give glory back to you verse 4 says this I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do now father bring me into the glory we shared before the world began a little further down he says holy father you've given me your name Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures were told. Verse 20, John 17 says this, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. As you're in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And finally, the last part, verse 25, it says this, Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. I said we're starting a series called Occupy. God wants us to occupy the earth. The book of Genesis, it speaks about the responsibility we have to to rule and reign, to exercise dominion. We know that a little later on that God appeared, if you like, to Moses. And then we find Moses building a tabernacle where it's said that God could dwell or to occupy. Later on, we know that Solomon built the temple and And the intention was that God would occupy the temple. In other words, people could go to the temple and God would be in residence there. But because of what Jesus did for us, because of what the Father did by sacrificing or allowing His Son to be sacrificed, there is an opportunity now for God to occupy you. In Corinthians, it speaks about the fact that our bodies are temples. In other words, they're a place where God desires to dwell. We know that God dwells in the church, not in the church building, but in the people who are the church. And so when we talk about occupying, we're talking about our heavenly Father coming and living and dwelling and moving in us through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. Today I've said a whole lot of things and some of you are saying, well, what's what's the relevance All those words to me, I'm not a father, I don't intend to be a father, or I'm a mother. Listen, those words 
actually describe the sort of character that God wants to build into disciples. The, the, the example that God showed to us of how he trained his son is a model for us to train one another. We ought to celebrate one another. We ought to encourage one another. We ought to trust one another. You, you know, God wants to speak to you today. It may be that you've suffered pain as a result of your experience with the Father. It may be that your relationship with God is suffering as a result of your past experience with the Father. I've tried to explain just really, really quickly how God has acted as a father towards his own son and how Jesus wants us to act towards those that we make sons of. In other words, disciples. It's not that hard. All we're going to do is try. Today, I don't know where your pain point is, but I do know this. As we said earlier, we have a God who loves us, a God who cares for us. And I don't really want to move until he speaks. Let me pray. Father, come by your Holy Spirit right now. Fill every room where, where this recording is being watched. By the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to every single person. Where this pain is a result of fathers, whether absent or abusive or just missing. I don't know. Where there's pain, Father, I pray, soothe the wound, bring comfort peace. Lord, open up a new experience, a new opportunity for everyone to experience you as a heavenly father. I love those words. I won't move until you speak. Father, I stand here waiting for you. Whisper in my ear. I want to be an obedient son like Jesus was an obedient son. I know that's not a promise of utopia it's a it's a promise of pain at times it's a challenge of endurance at times it means going through difficult things but you allow us to go through those things because you trust us you've taught us and so my prayer today is for everyone who's watching that you administer to them that they might experience your love and your grace and your power your peace in Jesus mighty name Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.